Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. The matchups. The superstars. The games. Starting defense. Place at the table. Wow! This is Football Sunday on The Fan, a comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Is today Sunday? I think we're all a little confused. Is today Sunday? We were all a little bit. I got here and I was like, is there a show today? I had to look at the Seahawks schedule just to make sure they didn't play a 10. Well, I also didn't show up until later than normal today. Yeah. (laughs) And you were on for like 40 hours. 40? uh, Last week, right? Like last Friday. From this past Friday. No. Well, Friday we were off for New Year's. Or excuse me. I was off Thursday. Thursday. It was Wednesday. I was I did seven straight hours. Yeah. Plus I did the podcast beforehand. So I'm gonna go ahead and say eight straight hours. Marathon Mike. I love it. (laughs) Eight straight hours of hot radio content. That's very tiring, you know? Oh absolutely. It's interesting. People people always joke like, oh, you only work four hours a day or blah 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 blah. Which is true. First of all, well, no, it's not true for me. It may be true for Isaac and Souk, but um I'm usually in a little bit earlier than that. But it's it's a great job. I'm not going to say like we're we're doing anything tough here. Yeah, the producer definitely has a, a tougher job than the host because you have to come a little earlier to make sure you get everything set up. You know, those fart noises don't come from anywhere. Folks. <laughs> like, you know, somebody's got to press the button and make those things happen or put them in the system and stuff like that. And then afterwards, like if you want to hear our podcast, you know, on the website, then, you know, somebody's got to make sure they cut out all the commercials and all the, you know, every segment has to be cut. So the producer's job is actually very uh there's just a lot more little things yeah. that go into it uh, I, I would still say it's probably harder to host quote unquote because you got to be on and entertaining for the full four hours i don't know if you put me in that booth you know for like i i would have a, a problem trying to figure well, out every button for for now sure um my whole point being is that people make fun of us for this being an easy job and it is easier than a lot of jobs out there that is for sure but being on quote unquote for many hours in a row is difficult yeah. and draining yes uh, I got home and my throat was sore and raspy and it wasn't because of the COVID and I didn't want to talk to anybody and I just laid there. <laughs> That's all I did. It was very nice. No. Yeah. I, so, and, and no, honestly, hosting part is easy if you've done it before. If you've, if you're, if you're used to it, if you're used to talking, if you're used to filling um, that time, then yes, it's easy. I remember hunting for the host and they gave us that three minute, you know, monologue to talk about whatever it was that, you know, we want to talk about and you don't think about it. But like after like a minute and a half, like I wrote this whole pay two page dossier, you know, that I was going to use and went in there. And I, after I did everything, I still had like a minute and a half to talk. And from there, just got to figure out, like, what do you do? You know, once that time goes by really fast. And so we have to talk for 12 to 15 minutes at a time. And you got to stay entertaining. The whole yeah. Time. And which is tough to do about to. any one thing, you know, about any one t- subject. So it's tougher than people people think. That's why people's podcasts and stuff don't last for 
very long. <laughs> Seriously, like yeah. I, if you've noticed, like that's the one thing. Like I started a podcast, and you know, I'm still doing it's pretty good, but it's actually been able to kind of uh, lead to some other things for me, which have been you know really really cool. But there, you know, a lot of people that started their you know podcast one day, two days, and then you know it's it's hard to talk for forty minutes and and be interesting for for forty minutes. So shout out to all the radio hosts, man. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a self that shout out you, too, by the way. That means you know, not for me. I'm a, I'm just the weekend guy. You know, I don't, <laughs> I'm not so much a radio host as much as I am. Like a, I'm like the. You are a radio me host. Me and on the, the janitor, me and the custodial staff here, like we're like on the same level. They at least got keys. Well, they come more days than you. Yeah, so they're here twice go. or three times a week. There you go. You know, guaranteed <laughs> management knows their name. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. They got a Christmas card and everything. I don't know about that. Yeah, I bet you they did. I think Engineer Jeff knows their name. I don't know if uh, I don't know about anything else, but Engineer Jeff knows your name too, right? Yes, he does. Well, then there you go. Yes, he does. There you go. See, don't. Feel I guess so that's bad. all that matters. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, he's the only one in the building anyway. So yes, all the time <laughs> freaks me out sometimes because you know I don't know you know the building is this building is not huge but it's big enough to be creepy when there's no lights on and stuff like that and yes. when it's kind of dark especially and and those you know it's still kind of dark at you know seven thirty eight o'clock but. Man, yeah, if you're he'll he'll come out around a corner or something like that and not paying attention as I'm coming out of the restroom, yeah, it'll freak you out a little well, bit. because all the lights are off here when we get here on Sunday mornings usually. The I remember I took a picture, I think it was I don't know, like a month ago, Joe. You were here, I showed it to you. It was when you were doing an update and all the lights were off and it was pitch black out. It was creepy because the red light of his mic was on and everything else was just dark. It was a set of a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was really scary. You've mentioned it before. This would be a great haunted yes. house. You know, yes. if they really wanted to use it for something. It so. would be creepy because you could, I mean, you couldn't, but the lights would flicker in the different rooms and there's so many doors and be a great call of duty map too. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, especially once you get around the cubicles and stuff like that, <laughs> yeah. like or when the cubicles used to be. Yeah. Well, part. now there's a ping pong table. Yeah, you can I know. There's no go prone behind the ping pong table. You can hide behind the ping pong, ping pong table. You know, yeah, that's a, Mount on the couch. Yeah. That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, this room, this building is certainly creepy when it's dark, but uh, you know, it's not so bad. There's lots of windows. You can see outside. It's fine. So we have reached the final week of the NFL regular season. How about that? Isn't that weird? Normally, normally we dread this day. Normally it's like, oh my God, it's the last week of the regular season. This stinks. I'm just happy we made it. I'm just happy we got a full season with no cancellations, a lot of delays, but no cancellations. And we have a really, really, really interesting week 17 to consume today. I'm just happy we made it. Normally, I'm just like, oh, man, red zone is the last red zone of the year. Fantasy football's over. But I'm just happy we made it. No. I'm excited to sit down and watch today. The playoffs should be fun. It's just like I'm just enjoying the fact that we had football at all. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm eating a little crow because I was saying that the season wouldn't continue. Like I figured it'd be done by week eight, week nine, just because there were too many unknown variables out there as far as travel, as far as, you know, people and, and their interactions with their own families and other families. And so I just thought it was just too many moving parts for it to work the right way. And I mean, I'll be oh. damned. I mean, like there was some issues. the right way. It is debatable. Yeah, yeah there it worked. Was, yeah, it worked. You know, so there were there were some issues, and you know, I guess you you know you got to the to the finish line, which is week seventeen, and now here you are. And like you said, man, it's week seventeen, and it feels like old football because now there's all these different playoff scenarios and uh, all these what ifs and a lot of question marks as far as who's going to be what and where next year. And so, I mean, I, I think overall. It wasn't an incredibly entertaining season for me. Like, I'll just be honest. Like, a lot of that could have to do with my team being awful this year. Mm. But it was also kind of... I'm going to go ahead and say that's a lot of it. Well, well I, mean, I mean, also for that, like, it was it was interesting to see, like, the 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 shift in, in, in power. Like, the balance of power just kind of go from New England and kind of go, you know, straight to, 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 to Buffalo as far as the NFC East. And then as far as just the, 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 the AFC, like really watching uh the chiefs really become like this this juggernaut or really what the we're gonna have to the way we talked about the patriots and the way everybody kind of like hated that that blue and that red is the way people are going to talk about patrick mahomes and the chiefs for the next 
few years. Remember it decade it, for the oh, for the next long time. I don't know if it'll be a decade. Mahomes but is a special man. Mahomes is a different dude. He's a different cat. And Tyreek Hill is when we talk about the best receiver in the league. For whatever reason, I've never heard anybody say Tyreek Hill's a top five dude. Mm. I've never heard that said. I think it's just because he's as good as he is. A lot of it is just because of his speed. Whereas a lot of the guys that you would mention otherwise are like good in every every and, way. And here's my thing: but, like, if you know a, a guy has has one move and you still can't stop it, like that's a that's pretty impressive to me. Really good like, move. I mean, Randy Moss had you know he wasn't coming across the middle on a slant. You know that that wasn't who Randy was. He's going deep and he's letting you know, and he was the best in the world at it. And I look at somebody like Tyreek Hill, who's way undersized in comparison to Randy Moss. But there's Harrison nothing to almost can, every receiver and, and to ever and, exist. And yet and still, there's still nothing you can do about him. And everybody and people always say he's man, he's not that good at receiver. He's not that good at receiver. And I'm like, well, why is he always open? Because <laughs> like, he's really if fast. He, if you're not that good, then I mean, why are you always open and making touchdowns and making plays? You know, as far as scoring, there's uh two non place kickers that are within the top like thirteen in scoring in the NFL, and he's one of them. You mean this year? Yes. What? No, not net that's this year, but uh, Man, I was looking at the stat hole. I was going to say, I'm, that doesn't sound right. When come back, I'm going to find it. Absolutely. Okay. Like, I was looking at, uh, I want to say those stats from this year. But Tariq Hill is a special dude. And again, he, I think he's, because Mahomes is so special, that we overlook him. And it's kind of one of those things, man. So, it's, it's people need to really respect how good Tariq is. Well, he's probably out this week anyway because of injury. So, uh, we might not see him in week 17, just like we won't see Patrick Mahomes. We've seen Chad Henney lead the Chiefs yes. in Week 17. Let's go, Chad. Uh, starting for me in my very important last place game in fantasy football. Let's go, Chad. <laughs> that sets how depressing it is. This is what Week 17 me. is. All the guys that are supposed to, you know, that we would want to see play, uh, you know, none of them are. Well, not that's not necessarily the case. We will talk about all of the various playoff clinching scenarios that there are today. There are a lot. Uh, a lot of teams are still in it. Uh, there's a lot of different scenarios that can change seating. So we'll try our best to simplify it for you at some point during the show today. Uh, we also got to talk about the Ducks loss in the Fiesta Bowl last night. Wasn't pretty. There were a lot of turnovers, questionable coaching decisions, quarterback conundrum. So we'll get to that. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit of Blazers. You know, even though it's football Sunday still as a show, now that the Blazers have begun, we'll give the Blazers some love each Sunday when we're on here. And uh, they bounced back from their loss of the Clippers with a win against the Warriors, and we also didn't talk about their win against the Lakers because we were here before the Rockets game uh, last week. So there's a plenty of stuff to get to there. Carson Wentz apparently wants out of Philly now, so we got a lot of NFL and a lot of other stuff to get to. So that's all coming up on the show. Text the fan text line, 503-250-1080. You can also find us on the social meds at 1080thefan on Twitter. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Joe is at JoeFish3, F-I-S-C-H. Would you like to begin with the Ducks? Sure. Or the Blazers. Uh, I mean, let's let's go old school. Let's start with the Ducks. Okay. Ducks lose in the Fiesta Bowl to Iowa State yesterday. Many questions after the loss. This is Football Sunday on the Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, let me know that stat, Rashad, before we get to the Ducks loss. Okay, so I was right. Well, I was right-ish. So, <laughs> of the top 20 players in the NFL this year for 2020 scoring, um, 16 of them are place kickers or field goal kickers. Which is surprising to me, it. but it shouldn't be. Well, But hearing that they are the leading scorer. Which is, is typically so, every year. I know, but you know? it's just strange to think about, right? Yeah, so of those of those 16 players, there are four that are not uh, place kickers. Uh, one of them is Alvin Kamara. The other, which are, let's see, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Adams, and tied with Devontae Adams is Tariq Hill with uh, the scoring. Tariq Hill has 17 touchdowns on the season. Uh, 15 rush or excuse me receiving touchdowns two rushing touchdowns on the season so yeah you know and that's again one of those things like if there is someone going to be somebody up there in scoring i'm pretty sure you would have said mahomes but or something like that but yeah is there are there no nor, I don't no think, quarterbacks on that i list? don't think the quarter well do they well, not yeah. get credit for the scoring uh let's see is it only those who cross the goal line so it's like rushing touchdowns only for quarterbacks it looks like it interesting that's an interesting stat though, that's yeah? a strange stat 
but got to get kickers some love somehow. <laughs> yeah, all day, man. All right, Daniel Carlson, you're the scoring leader yeah, in the NFL. Justin Tucker, we love you. You know, just think if Justin Tucker weren't the scoring leader, you know, would people would he be such a high commodity in, in fantasy? No, probably not. No, my fantasy league got rid of kickers years ago. Stupid kickers. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> Kickers are awesome, though. They don't have to practice. They don't have to do anything. They just kind of well, have to stand on the sideline. You know what's even better? Punting. Yeah, they're even better. My Because there's no stress. Yeah, my punter was like, he'd be smoking cigarettes on the sideline when everyone else is like, it was <laughs> It was pretty It's pretty awesome. No stress. I mean, yeah, you got to be good, but you don't have to w- win games with your fit, with your kicks. You just, you just punt. That's it. No, yeah. You just punt. You got to make yourself like a personality if you're a punter, though. You, you know what I mean? Make like, yourself or why? Because like no one again, no one cares. Do you need about someone to care about you if you're making a million plus bucks a year just punting a ball? I mean, it'd be nice. I mean, I guess right? you could maybe get you know some sort of an endorsement or something. Yeah, you care about the punter when one time when he gets the ball within the <laughs> within ten yards of 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 the end zone. Like that's yeah. when you're like, oh, great job, punter. And punters have gotten so good too. They have. They just Pat get- McAfee's made a whole like extra career off of being a punter well so did uh chris cluey yeah so he's like you know social activist nerd guy on twitter now yeah so i mean and of course there's syracuse legend riley dixon who's now an nfl punter is he a le- is he a legend really? at syracuse he was yeah oh, okay <laughs> I know, see he, they, they <laughs> we got to fake... change our football traditions if we're the far punters are becoming legends uh syracuse is becoming punter you first of all so you shut your mouth uh second of all <laughs> is he, that a good thing i don't know it's terrible <laughs> they probably want to recruit young soccer players <laughs> what do you want to be somebody <laughs> they did like three four or four fake punts in his senior year and he uh hurdled like two guys so he became a legend for it because he was running the ball for the first down and he hurdled the guy like it, it's, it was great it's so funny Pun- punters and kickers aren't important until they are that's how that's that's the overall no seriously that's the overall feeling in football it's like no one cares anything about the kicker you're just a kicker until it comes time for you to make that game winning field goal and you better not miss because you weak bastard if you go out there and you don't make that field goal we're going to send you death threats like all oh, everything will it all falls down when you miss that or when you make a terrible punk or or punt or you shank it or something like that like so punters and kickers you don't realize how important they are until you know, it comes time for them to really, really make a pay, play. That fake punt that you didn't see coming. By the way, we didn't answer this last week. I asked it off the air to you, and I forgot to bring it up on the air. This is our texter who asks us a random question each weekend. Good and good look for you know spicing things up. It's before. usually a really good question too. Uh, I give you fifty million cash right now, but you can never leave the state of Oregon for as long as you live. You can yeah, swim in the pass. ocean and the Columbia River as long as you don't set foot on Washington soil. Do you take the deal? Pass. I'm going to say a hard pass as well. Maybe not a hard pass, probably more of a soft pass. No, because, it's a hard pass. Well, it's $50 million. So I would, I would, I would certainly sit there and go, well, what? it's $50 million. But it's like, first of all, none of my family lives here, so I would never be able to see them again unless they've traveled here constantly. And I don't know, like if you have that much money, you don't have to work, so you would just sit around and do nothing? Like, I mean, part of having all that money in, is traveling. That, there you go. Bingo. Is seeing the world. Like, if I have $50 million, like, I want multiple homes in multiple cities. And so, in different like, area yeah, codes. Area codes all over, all area over this place. So, codes. yeah, I, that would be kind of defeat the purpose to be, to be rich AF and then have to. Now, don't get me wrong. It'd be nice. I mean, it was cool. Like, I mean. But after a couple Portland's, of years where you've done everything in Oregon. You're going to be really bored. Portland's exotic dancers aren't that cool to come over to your house, you know, and stuff like that. So, seriously, I'm just being honest, guys. No offense, but it's just just the way I feel. We love you, you know? strippers. <laughs> it's just the way I feel. So other places abroad, like, yeah, there's a reason that James Harden is caught in all the strip clubs in Houston and caught in strip clubs in Atlanta and stuff like that. There's a reason for that in Florida and all this stuff. Maybe not Florida now, but, yeah, overall. So, yeah, I don't want to be other places. I want to Vegas. L.A., New York, Buffalo, you know, Buffalo. Sheboygan. Like, I need to be all over the place. Why was Buffalo <laughs> the next one on your list? Because, man, I just want to be everywhere. That's the point. All right. Joe, would you would you take that deal? Or would you would you not take that deal? Yeah, I'll take my 50 mil. <laughs> just be, just you guys are out of your mind. I'm taking 50 mil real quick. You're so going to be, gonna be, be bored, stuck dude. in Portland. I can't even go to Vancouver. Well, Oregon's a big state. There's a lot to do. No. A lot of different things you can... Uh, there it is, but it there's is only, a big state. But there's only stuff that's in Vancouver and stuff that's outside of Portland that would be a problem. 
Well, I would just be the Oregon tycoon rich guy that just never leaves Oregon. And everybody knows. And they're like, oh, yeah, that guy's just loaded. And just I see him everywhere. Would you I see be him bored, in eastern though? Oregon. Well, maybe at a certain point, but nothing that uh, there you go. cinnamon on 82nd can't fix after, uh, <laughs> you know, a couple of nights. Joe, I think, you're under, cinnamon. I think yeah. you're underestimating <laughs> how quickly you'd get bored. <laughs> seriously, man. Like, seriously, honestly, just I'll think about my tears with my Franklin's. Man, not being able just to go to, man, I need to get out of here. Get out of here. Let me go to Seattle. Oregon's or, pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's not. It is. It has nothing to do with Oregon. Cool. There's plenty of skiing, go golfing I, I all the time. I think you could say that about any Cinnamon. state. I think, <laughs> I think you could say that about any state and be like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe California, you could stay there forever just because there's so much different stuff to do. But even there, I'd still probably be like, I don't know, man. After a while, it's like it's. You're just in California constantly, and then the earthquake hits, and then you're stuck there with $50 million that you can't yeah. do anything with. Yeah. God. Uh, also, I got this text. Caring about punters or what their families are for. Aw. I agree. I mean, <laughs> that's cool. Punters I, you know, need love, too. Even Punters are even disrespected in fantasy. You took a punter in the seventh round? It's like, I, you never take yeah, a punter or excuse me, a kicker in the seventh yeah. round? You took a defense, really? Like, man, jeez. You really shouldn't. I mean. It should always be the set. last two picks are always defensive kicker. Yeah, but that's how you end up with, like, a, a terrible defense. No, you just stream. You're yeah, fine. I suppose. I wound up with the Dolphins this year streaming, and I just kept them for, like, nine weeks because they were good. See? Who knew? <laughs> it's not so bad. Who knew? It's not so bad. So the Ducks lost in the Fiesta Bowl yesterday to Iowa State 34-17. The final score. If you were watching the game, you know that Oregon did not score in the third quarter and they did not score in the fourth quarter. Now, they only gave up six points in the second half, but it doesn't matter when you're down 28-17 going into halftime if you're not scoring in the second half. All sorts of issues cropped up in this game for the Ducks. Things that have been kind of a worry for Duck fans, I'm sure, over the course of the last couple of seasons. But I'm going to go number one is that once again, in a big game, Mario Cristobal made some interesting slash poor decisions coaching wise. And that would include the key of punting for like six straight possessions when you were down big in the second half. It just felt like every time they had a chance, even if it was fourth and short, he would punt the ball and punt the ball and punt the ball. And yes, Oregon's defense was playing much better in the second half than it did in the first half. They were getting destroyed in the first half, especially on the ground. Uh, that Brees Hall guy just would not go down. He was really good. But the defense was playing well, but you were down big enough. You needed to score. And if you just keep punting, you're not going to put any risk on their defense and not get a chance to stay on the field. And then you're going to put your defense back out there in a bad situation too. So I just, I was blown away by, I think it was four straight punts in the second half where I just kind of sat, sat there and went, this is a bowl game. It's the last game of the year. National TV, big game, right? Fiesta Bowl, huge game. You're the Pac-12 team representing it, and you're punting. Down by 17, down by 10, down by 14, and you're punting. Go for an effing first down, Mario Cristobal. You need to score a touchdown. You're not going to win this game on defense alone. Your defense has already proven that. So it's as much as we love Cristobal for his recruiting and the way he's been able to turn the program around in terms of the type of players that are coming into Oregon, there are still moments every single season where you just go, what on earth are you doing as a X's and O's coach? I just don't get it. I didn't get it. I, I, that was that was problem number one for me last night that really just bothered me watching that game. So I didn't get a chance to see the entire game. Um, saw it at, at a point 14-7. It's like, okay, well, manageable, you know, touchdown. You, you can You can make some things happen. And I just think really Oregon just got really kind of um, – they got really careless with the ball. And turnovers, turnover, way. turnover, turnover, and against a good team because make no mistake about it, there might not be a traditional powerhouse or traditional power that we're used to, but Iowa State's a good football program and, and really has started really building something great uh, for, for the last little bit. So for them to, to come into this game and just look as unprepared as you were – uh, just kind of showed me this is this is this this wasn't a great Oregon team this year, and I know we you know they they were missing a lot of uh, key pieces, you know people that decided to opt out and, and everything. But this team through seven games has looked as up and down as any team can look. Like and so it's to the point to where I can't really make a a full um, 
I can't really all judge them all the way as far as what kind of program they are because, honestly, I don't know. And like you said, like you for a long time were one of those, and I think you still are very much, was a it's an, a Marcus Arroyo's issue. Marcus Arroyo is the reason. I look at this offense, and I'm like, what changed? So how much of that was Arroyo, and how much of that was Cristobal saying, no, we're going to do this? UNLV is a terrible program. Trust me. Take it from me. Not a good football program. You know, even when I was there, I think they might have won three games. Four games, you know, Total. for the for the for the for like three years I was there, two years I was there, four games, you know, maybe five games, maybe. Sounds like mm-hmm. when I was at Syracuse. <laughs> pretty pretty terrible, right? So nothing to write home about, nothing to sneeze at. So I almost expected Arroyo to go in that position at UNLV and be where he is, which is losing. That makes that makes sense to me. They're not very good and they don't do well with recruiting. U of O though, Oregon, you do do well with recruiting. You're supposed to be much better than you are, and. I don't know what's wrong with this offense. Tyler Shuck looked like he could be the answer at the beginning of the season. He wasn't. You put in Anthony Brown, and there's some things that he does well, you know, as far as moving with his legs, but he didn't do, you know, well. He scored twice, so at least he gave the Ducks some, you know, some type of some type of hope. Some boost, you know, maybe. Some, some boost, but it's just I'm, I'm looking at this team. The defense is where we always talked about how bad the defense was and they can't tackle and they can't tackle downfield. That's not the issue anymore. That's not, I don't think that's Oregon's issue anymore. Well, this defense, year the defense wasn't great. No, the defense was better, though. And mm. I think the, I think they've kind of shifted to where the offense the is The defense the improved issue. over the course of this year. Yes. At the beginning of the year, the defense was the problem. It was just giving up yards left and right. But remember, they lost Javon Holland. They lost and, Brady Breeze. They lost Thomas Graham. They had a bunch of opt-outs on the defensive side of the ball. So there, there was kind of a bit of a, well, okay, it's going to be a rougher year. But it got better as the year went on. Some of the young guys were were much more got or got more experience. So they're much more into each game. So, I mean, I kind of see your point. The offense right now is certainly going to be a question. I want to, I want to save that for the next segment though, because we're, we're up against the clock here. We have a good text here. I'll get to next. Plus there's other issues from this game. It wasn't just Mario Cristobal, although I agree that I think that is issue number one, but the quarterbacking is another issue and the turnovers was the third and final issue. So we'll get to that next. First, Joe has sports. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 503-250-1080 is the fan text line. That's where you can get at us with your thoughts on the various things that we're talking about. We're talking some Ducks, Iowa State right now in the Fiesta Bowl. Cyclones winning the game yesterday, 34-17. By the way, their kicker's name, either hilarious or unfortunate, depending on uh, what side of the aisle you're sitting on. Right. Iowa State's kicker's last name is Asali, but it's spelled A-S-S-A-L-L-E-Y. Ass Alley. <laughs> That's his last name. That can be you his know, last name. First day of school can be, you know, pretty and you know, and you know that's how the you know how the mean gym teacher yeah. pronounces it. Ass Alley, let's go. <laughs> Get up that rope. You know? Faster ass alley, you know, so <laughs> it is uh, to me that is the most unfortunate last name that I've seen on a sports. That's why he joined the football very, team and became a kicker. <laughs> he was tired of people making fun of him. At least he knew he'd have his ah, football yes. buddies. Being a kicker for Iowa State's gonna stop people from making fun of you for your last name. I mean, yeah. No. Yeah, I'm on the team. I've got a jersey. I don't care that you're got on the a team. Letter- I'm gonna got make fun of you got for a your letterman. Name being ass alley. I got I got my name on my letterman jacket. You can't say anything to me. Oh, my God. Okay, so text line is 503-250-1080. This text came in. Yesterday, Oregon learned what happens when a staff of great recruiters goes up against a staff of great game coaches. Iowa State isn't in the same stratosphere with Oregon in terms of talent. If I were Oregon, I'm sacrificing some of their great recruiters for more X's and O's guys. I'm wondering if Boise State still wants Andy Avalos after yesterday's performance combined with the season as a whole. Two separate texts, same person. Um, It's a good point. Mm -hmm. I think it's tough because... When you build such a great team of recruiters, you get such good talent that in some ways I think that's better because then you just have great talent. And if you can get just good enough coaching, you'll win every year. But I kind of see that point too because when we see games like this where you're questioning X's and O's decisions from a head coach that's supposed to be one of the best in the country, then, yeah, you're kind of like maybe we do need to see the Ducks hire more coaches that are – 
That's a, and that he makes an or they're they make, better on the field. The Texan makes an excellent point because you know talent doesn't always win. You know we've seen talent to teams, teams that have more talent, but just better coaching on the other end is and ends up you know being what does it. And so if you look at Iowa State, obviously, in, in most cases don't they don't have the the athletes that Oregon has, but they get some pretty damn good ones, you know, in the big. So he's they're they're a good team already. They're a big thick you know, tough-nosed team in the first place because that's kind of what they do, you know, in the Big Ten. That's just a little bit of where what type of program that, to be honest, everyone in the Big Ten uh, really is. And so when you get those guys that they're already big and beefed up and well-coached against the really talented guys with the coaches, you know, good, you know, more flashy or whatever the case is, man, those guys are going to win every single time. That's the reason, and really in most cases, that Oregon goes and plays in these big bowl games or against these bigger teams. And, you know, outside of the Florida State game where Mariota was just amazing and Jameis was awful, you know, name another time in any big or big um, bowl game that you just seen Oregon go in and just run over a Big Ten SEC team. Like, it almost doesn't happen. Well, it happened against Wisconsin. Which Rose Bowl was that? That's the one with Russell Wilson, right? No, no, no. It was the one after that. I mean, they went multiple times against Wisconsin. The more recent one against Wisconsin, oh, was, was that last year when Justin Herbert ran for multiple touchdowns? Was that Wisconsin? Yeah, last year. They did pretty well in the bowl game last year because they actually let Justin Herbert do what Justin Herbert did. To answer your question from last segment about whether or not you think it's more crystal ball or if it was Arroyo, I still think it was more Arroyo because you had Justin freaking Herbert as your quarterback, which you're seeing in the NFL is a, a wonderful quarterback to have on your team, and you couldn't make an offense that was competent. But... Now you're seeing the offense with two quarterbacks, which is problem number two I found out or I I discovered or at least was confirmed maybe is the better way to put it in the game yesterday was you don't have a quarterback right now. Uh, Tyler Shuck did not really grow and improve in his first full year as a starting quarterback. And what is the saying? If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. You have no quarterback. Uh, Yesterday you had two quarterbacks. You brought in Anthony Brown for large swaths in the middle of the game, and he got you a couple touchdowns, but he, he did not look great consistently either um he gives you a bit more of a dynamic running aspect to his game which uh, was helpful yesterday at times but throwing the ball not that great uh, i you know tyler shuck actually at that times looked like a bit the better thrower than anthony brown yesterday so it's really really tough when you don't have solid quarterback play in these big games against good teams with good x's and o's coaches and a guy like matt campbell who's a legend right now and might go to the nfl this year uh you're not going to win that game so that's where the Ducks are getting a lot of talent, right? They're, they're recruiting really, really, really well. But they need their next quarterback. Because I don't think it's Tyler Shuck. I don't think it's Anthony Brown. Maybe it's Ty Thompson, the freshman, coming in next year. You know, he's getting a lot of hype. But we don't know that yet because he's not there yet. It's It's been nice, I think, for Oregon fans to have so many years of so many good quarterbacks, right? Been I mean, a little spoiled by a, a that. A little spoiled by it. And now you're like, well... Here's Tyler Shuck, the heir apparent, and I don't think he's the guy. Like, and for a long time, you know, and this is, again, it's it's kind of a the curse of just having a, a great crop of quarterbacks come through, uh, the, not just the Pac-12, but just come through Eugene, you know. So just dating back to Joey Harrington, and then, you know, it took a few years to really find the heir apparent, and then you get Dennis Dixon, who almost leads you to a national championship if he doesn't get hurt. And then you get Jeremiah Masoli, and then uh, Darren Thomas, and then Mariota. I forgot Achilles Smith too. Achilles, oh my god, Achilles Smith. He was between you know, Joey and yeah, Achilles Smith was you know between uh, was it Jason uh, Jason Fife and Achilles Smith. Uh, so he was he was awesome. But again, it was just guy after guy after guy after guy. Um, even Vernon Adams for a little bit, who was man really good as an Oregon Duck. He really he lost like what was it? one game, two games, and one of them, like, he came within fingertips of, of beating a team. And so uh, I'm, 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 I know it's going to take a while for, for the Ducks to get back to that point, but it, it starts with finding your trigger man. And you thought Tyler Shuck might be it. You're finding out he's not, and that happens sometime. Uh, you thought Anthony Brown for a couple games might be it. You're finding out he's He's not. Well, that happens. But that's what the you nice thing for, for Brown is. I think he comes back next year because this year doesn't count against his eligibility because yeah. he was a grad transfer. But because of COVID, I think he can come back next year. And look, I don't want to fully write off Chuck or Brown or anything like that. But I think when you have a good quarterback, you know, yes. and when you don't have a good quarterback, you know, 
these guys can improve. They can grow. They they can become stable, steadying forces on your team, but they're not going to be the star. You need to get a better quarterback than those two. Watching Tyler Shuck, I've seen some promise. Generally, don't think he's the guy. Just don't think he is. Haven't seen enough of Anthony Brown yet, to be honest with you. He played very, very little this year, but I, I, I don't know. I don't think he's the guy either. Ty Thompson, we'll see. Maybe he'll be the next freshman to take over for the incumbent starter and win the job a la Justin Herbert or Marcus Mariota. Uh, also, quickly, the turnovers were so bad yesterday. And the two on... They were plentiful. The two on the kick return game. Oh, my God. The DJ Johnson one where he let the ball bounce over his head, then tried to get it. It hit him in the chest and went... He fumbled it, and they got it right back. And then on the punt where Michael Wright was undercutting... Delgado, the, the punt returner, and trying to block somebody, but he got so close to the returner that the ball hit him in the helmet and bounced over Delgado's shoulder, shoulder and Iowa State recovered it again, not to mention the Travis Dye fumble, not to mention the Anthony Brown fumble. So many turnovers. So, you know, if you want to maybe go half glass half full on this, on this game is that you were still in it despite having four turnovers for most of the game. You kept it close. You kept it competitive but you shouldn't be having four turnovers in the first place. I mean, especially the kick return stuff. Like It'll happen on the field, right? Travis Anthony, Travis Dye, Anthony Brown's fumbles were, you know, they're on the field fumbles that happen. The kick return and punt return fumbles, that should not happen. Those were really, really, really really sloppy Those are mental mistakes. And when you're playing in bowl games, typically that means you played a team that did pretty well in their season. And now, and, you know, in most cases. Top 10 team. Yeah, exactly. And in most cases, you know, you just need six wins to get to a bowl game. So not every team you're playing is great, but you play in the Fiesta Bowl, you're playing in one of the big bowls, it's not the the New Year's Day ones, then, amen, like you're playing a good team. And you can't make mental mistakes against a good team. And Iowa State took advantage of every one of those mental mistakes. And they jumped on them early. And from there, it just it, it looked like they're not going to recover. And you kept thinking, okay, this is where it comes punt. Okay, this is where they're the, – this is the drive that they're going to, you know, they change things around and punt. You know, they, they ran the ball a total of, what was it, 18 times? Like, that's that's not going to get you any win against a good Iowa State team or against any a, a good any team, for that matter. So, well, C.J. Verdell was hurt, too, though, so yeah, that, that does have some effect on that it. That definitely has some effect, but if you're Oregon, you have 40 running backs. I mean, you literally have seven running backs on your roster. Like, you should be able to, by committee, You something. used two of them. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Travis <laughs> Dye it got eight carries, and, uh, hey, Cyrus got one. There you go. So – Spread it around. Well, the problem, too, is because of all the turnovers, you didn't have the ball at all. No. That was the thing is they had their time of possession was 17 minutes. Iowa State had the ball for 42 (laughs) minutes. That does have a part to play as well. They didn't even get 20 minutes of possession in the game yesterday. If you think Iowa State is going to run the ball down your throat, which they are, maybe you should not punt the ball on fourth and three. The messed up thing about losing like that in a bowl game. Thanks is the fact that now you have nothing but time to talk about how good or bad you're going to be until next season. Now we're in that, well, they're four and three, but the three games they lost, they didn't look like this. And now there's nothing but speculation as far as what they're going to look like next year. All we know is we know Crystal Ball's coming back. So I think Oregon, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this because we weren't on, you know, when it happened, but uh, he got his extension, and which is – Cool, you know, like okay. You didn't, you didn't want to lose him. You didn't want to lose him. You know why? Because you started hearing names like Texas and uh, names like Auburn say they want to talk to Cristobal. And so usually when that happens, and you hear the blue buds, blue bloods names mentioned, you make a decision. You're you're going to keep them because you know if those teams get them, then all of a sudden with with the way Cristobal recruits, and then going to a place like Texas or a place like Auburn, yeah, he can. He can do great things there. One more text, and then we'll move on from the Ducks' loss. It's clear this was a transition year for Oregon, a quarterback next year with the five-star guy coming in and all the talent that Mario has recruited. They should really see a huge leap forward next season. Hope so. I mean, it's tough to trust a freshman without really seeing him with the other Oregon teammates. So, you know, it's all kind of just hearsay at this point. But, you know, he's he's a guy who's, who's been getting a lot of star rating uh, star rating advancements the last couple of months. He was like a three or four star guy, and now he's being considered a five star guy. So that's good. Played well in his final year, and you know that's cool. But let's see it 
in Eugene. Right. And then we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, more talent next year. It was more of a transition year for sure. I'm not going to say that's wrong. Uh, they went four and two. There were guys who opted out. There was a lot of young players who got time. So that's going to be helpful for next year. And with a full season, most likely, uh, you'll hopefully. And again, they Ohio State too. Don't forget that. And you got to go to the shoe. It's going to be tough to start the year, but it should be a good year for Oregon next year, hopefully better than this year. All right. Before the games officially start, let us try to dissect in a basic way what is going to happen or what needs to happen for teams to make the playoffs today in week 17 of the NFL. That is next. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, we are 10 minutes away from kickoff of week 17 in the NFL. Should be a pretty crazy day. All games this week today. So there's going to be a lot of games to keep an eye on. And there's a ton of scenarios at play for teams to make the playoffs. There's only a couple of teams who have actually clinched to make the playoffs especially in the AFC where you have the Chiefs who are the one seed and have clinched home field throughout. The Bills have clinched and the Steelers have clinched, although they're not locked into seeds yet. That's it in the AFC. You have the Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, Browns, and Colts all playing today to try to get into the playoffs. In the NFC, Packers, Saints, and Seahawks have all clinched and all have a chance at the one seed. Also, the Bucks have clinched, but they do not have a chance at the one seed. You've got the Washington football team, Rams, Bears, Cardinals, Cowboys, and Giants, all still with a chance to make it in the NFC today. Let's start with the one of the easier ones to understand, and that is the NFC East. So Sunday Night Football tonight is Washington football team versus Philly, right? If Washington wins, they're the team in the NFC East. They're the winning team in the NFC East. They go 7-9. and nine. doesn't matter what happened earlier in the day. If Washington loses, the winner of Cowboys-Giants is the NFC East champion and makes the playoffs. As Joe, the Cowboys fan, puts his finger to the air and says, let's go, let's go. Andy Dalton. <laughs> um, that's, that's a pretty simple one to look at right there. In terms of what I think is going to happen in that, I can't imagine that Washington's going to lose to Philly, but... If they do, I think it's going to be the Cowboys. Cowboys have looked good the last couple of weeks. Uh, their offense is clicking with Andy Dalton playing there. So, I mean, if, if Washington finds a way to lose to Philly and Sunday Night Football, then you know I'm, I'm guessing the Cowboys have beaten the Giants earlier in the day. So that's a pretty easy one to follow, right? Yeah. NFC East. Washington wins, they're in. If they don't, the winner of Cowboys-Giants goes in. And what would be funny is if both Washington and the Cowboys lose, that means a six-win team makes the playoffs. That would be the awesome. Giants would be 6-10 and ten and winning the division at 6-10. and ten. Um, Okay, another fairly simple one, AFC South. Uh, both Titans and Colts still have a chance to win it. The Titans will clinch with a win or a Colts loss. Colts will clinch with a win plus a Titans loss. So much easier for the Titans because it's the or instead of the and mm -hmm. in there. Um, I'm going to bring up the schedule here real quick, because I th the, the interesting thing about today is that despite the fact that there's a ton of games that matter, almost none of them are between teams that are actually needing it to, right. to matter. Like, for example, the Colts play the Jaguars today, and the Titans are playing the Texans, I believe, if I can find it. Oh, my God. Yes. Titans are playing the Texans. So, I mean, both teams need to get wins, but they're not playing each other, right? There's a ton of games like that. Actually, the best game is probably the NFC East games. Washington, yeah. Philly, and the Giants and, and the Cowboys, those are the two games that are the most important uh, for both teams playing each Which other. Which is something we haven't said all year. No, Joe's like, been saying it all year. Is, most I mean, competitive Joe division. Joe is the only one that's been saying it all year. I suppose we should give him some credit for that. Because you're the only one that saw it, Joe. <laughs> You're the only one that had the vision, fam. All right. That's right. Seven and nine Cowboys going to the playoffs. There's it's been a possible. couple uh, seven and nine teams that have, uh, you know, ended some seasons in the playoffs. Including the Seahawks. Yeah. Panthers a couple years ago also. Yeah. All right. NFC home field advantage. 
The Packers will clinch the one seed if they win against the Bears today. That's also a good game today because both teams are trying to get into the playoffs. Uh, if they lose, they will also clinch if Seattle loses today. The Saints get the one seed with a win, plus Green Bay loss, plus a Seattle loss. So the Saints need to win their game against Carolina today. They would need Seattle to lose to San Francisco, and they would need they would need Green Bay to lose to Chicago. The Seahawks will clinch with a win plus a loss of the other two teams as well. So if the Seahawks beat the Niners and New Orleans loses uh, and Green Bay loses, then the Seahawks will be the one seed. So the Seattle still has a chance to get to the one seed. I'm not sure it's going to happen based on all that. It feels like the Packers over the Bears, the way the Packers have been playing the last few weeks is almost uh, an, an assured thing at this point. But, you know, you never know. It's week 17. At the bottom of the NFC, for the wild card spots, the Rams will make the playoffs with a win over the Cardinals or a Bears loss to the Packers. The Cardinals with a win over the Rams will clinch straight up. And the Bears will clinch with a win or the Cardinals losing to the Rams. Now remember, the Rams do not have Jared Goff. They do not have Cooper Cup. Whereas the Cardinals do have Kyler Murray. So it should should go the Cardinals way today in that game. But again, you never know. So if that goes the way that we expect, Cardinals will make the playoffs. Um, and then I think it would be up to the Bears beating. The Bears would need to beat Green Bay then because the Rams would still make the playoffs even by losing to the Cardinals. You know what's crazy now? Like with with no – I think the games for a lot of these players, you know, outside of the travel, is obviously much easier to play if there's no fans. Like imagine how – how raucous it would be in LA if the Cardinals had to win that game against the Rams to, you know, to just imagine that crowd and how how into it everybody would be, you know, to make sure that they could play spoiler. And so I think, you know, that not being there, not that not being uh, the case for a lot of these teams or a lot of, some guys don't care. Let's go out there and play anyway. I don't, I don't care how loud your crowd is and, oh, it's all what the decibels are up. Like some guys just don't care. They go out there and ball out. But there are some people that that loud noise and that Seahawks crowd can bother the hell out of you. And so the crowd not being there definitely uh, takes away the home field advantage, you know, altogether. For sure. All right. So, yeah, I was was right about that, by the way. If the Bears lose to the Packers and the Cardinals win, the Rams still make the playoffs because the Rams will be 9-7, and the Cardinals will be 9-7, and and the Bears will be 8-8 and if the Bears lose to the Packers. So the Rams don't need to win to make the playoffs. They just need the Bears to lose to Green Bay as well. Remember, Green Bay is playing for the number one seed. They're not going to lay down in this game for Chicago. They want that home field advantage because, remember, only one team this year gets home field advantage Mm -hmm. and a bye in the first round because you got seven teams making the playoffs uh, this season. Now, the AFC is way more convoluted in terms of the scenarios that need to happen. The Titans will clinch the playoffs with a win or – a Baltimore loss or a Colts loss or a Dolphins loss. So there's a lot of, lot of moving pieces there for the Titans. If they beat the Texans, they clinch. Hooray. They're in. If Baltimore loses their game, they're playing Cincinnati, which seems very unlikely. Uh, They're in Indianapolis playing Jacksonville. Again, seems unlikely, but they're in. And then Miami's playing Buffalo, which is going to be a tough game for them for sure. So if the Titans lose, They just need one of those other three teams to lose for the Titans to make the playoffs. The Dolphins, to clinch, need to win against the Bills. Or they need the Ravens to lose to the Bengals. They need Cleveland to lose to Pittsburgh or Indy to lose to Jacksonville. So the Dolphins feel somewhat safe in in there as well, right? There's a lot of options for them. Uh, There's obviously a chance they could miss, but it feels somewhat safe for them. Ravens need to win to clinch or they need a Cleveland loss to the the Steelers or an Indy loss to Jacksonville. Remember the Ravens are playing the Bengals today. They're huge favorites in that game. Browns still have a chance to make it by the way. Uh, They, they make it with a win or Indy losing or Tennessee losing plus Baltimore winning plus Indianapolis winning plus Miami winning. So the Browns have a tough road. If they don't win, they have a very, very tough road to make the playoffs. The Colts though do have the toughest one. They need to win and they need one of the following. They need Tennessee to lose to Houston, Baltimore to lose to Cincinnati, 
Cleveland to lose to Pittsburgh or Miami to lose to Baltimore. So the Colts have a tough road too. They need to win and have something else happen. Whereas the Browns can win and have a couple of oars, but they also have some uh, other options. So in order, in terms of easiest to hardest to make the playoffs, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens have an easier road. Browns, Colts have a tougher road. But it's going to be nuts in the AFC today. The problem is, is all these teams outside of Brown Steelers, they're all playing somewhat easy teams. Well, I guess and right. Dolphins, uh, Col- or sorry, Dolphins, Bills too. Hey man, so like, those two games are tough. Otherwise, these teams kind of have an easier looking road. Don't sleep on those easy teams because you know the consensus is for for the the better team is that man these guys we're better than these guys. They're going to go down there. It's week seventeen. They're going to lay down. Uh, these terrible teams, these weak teams, they want to get a win before their season is over. They at least want to go home when they are when they cl- come back to clear out their lockers in a couple weeks or next week to say that, man, at least we ended the season on a high note and got a win. So I, as a Patriots fan, I remember two years ago, man, the, the Dolphins, uh, a bunch of uh, laterals and end up winning the game on a last-second touchdown, uh, and the Patriots end up losing home field advantage, you know, because of it, and that was that. So, yeah, it's really, really important to make sure that there is no – drop off so i'm curious if stars and starters are actually going to play in week 17 if they need to uh, a couple of games that don't really matter today you've got detroit minnesota doesn't mean anything you've got jets pats sorry rashad doesn't mean anything oh it's all good it means nothing it's uh, a toilet bowl technically falcons bucks doesn't really mean much because the bucks are pretty much locked into the five seed you've got denver versus raiders means nothing and chiefs versus chargers means nothing every other game has some form of playoff importance to it. So despite the fact that the matchups aren't going to be quite as good, it's still going to be very fun to watch today to see who's winning, who's losing, and what that means for the playoff picture. All right, our number two coming up next. We will get to some Blazers. I want to talk about Carson Wentz's future in Philly, and we have Hate It or Love It all coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. Frank's... Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 